Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters. This is an archive episode of Before the 90 Days, Season 1, Episode 2, called Going the Distance. And Katie, do you have the... um? air date the original air date on this one i have it as august 12 2017 okay um this is a new show and that's something we need to keep in mind yeah yeah it's relatively new yeah and yet i think it's the most popular and i'm guessing it's because of where the people are in the and i think i said this last week it's like where the people are in the the process you know because it just it opens it up to such craziness right because when you watch that just the original 90 day fiance these are people that have already met in person once and now they're at the point where they've either already been approved for their k-1 visa and making plans to move to the united states and decide whether or not they're going to get married in those 90 days right or they're in the last phases of their approval process and this in before the 90 days this is like this these guys are just now meeting for the very first time in and maybe person. it's legit maybe it's not but the point is that neither the viewers nor frankly the people themselves have any idea whether there's something to this no but they both really are invested in making it work yeah, I, I like agree. the foreigners are invested in making it work because they want to come to the united states or leave their country or have an adventure or whatever it is and the american is really invested because most of the time they're how should I say this? A lot um, of times they're desperate. There you go. Yeah. For whatever reason. <laughs> and there, I think there's a lot of different there, reasons. There's a range. There's a range of why. Because, I mean, some of these people have been married before. Some of them have never been married before, and for good reason. Um, and some of them are just, you know, trying to pretend that they're younger than they are. Versus, especially in the earlier seasons of 90 Day Fiance, regular 90 Day, you did not necessarily have this crazy desperation on either end like i think that they moved past it <laughs> no no not even i think that in the beginning especially season one maybe season two i don't remember of 90 day fiance tlc was trying to have basically a legit show kind of like documentary style not based around drama but based around kind of a human interest story and a love story and so they were choosing people who were more i would say solid like you had yeah. the girl from South Africa. They're more love matches. Love matches. Than, oh, I met you online and I'm trying to internationally date. It almost feels like in some of these later episodes that you see or the later shows, like before the 90 days, that people are intentionally trying to find somebody internationally to get on a show. Or just to be with someone internationally for whatever possibly yeah. ulterior motive that would be. I On either end, the Americans end too. But that's what I found. I, you know, when I started watching 90 Day Fiance from season one, I felt like the season one, there were more couples that I felt were, I didn't have a question about whether they'd make it that's or not. That's exactly my and point. And I felt like, oh, you guys really met on like either extended vacation or while traveling 
or something where they've really built this solid relationship. And where it's still interesting and you still have this in, this kind of fascinating drama and the mm-hmm. problems that arise from simply being a couple where you're just from two different countries, but it says a lot about us really as viewers that it just wasn't enough no, kind of it wasn't interesting enough <laughs> and now it's so much better because it's this like dumpster fire it totally is and i yeah i mean i don't even know so, that there sorry. is a couple that, that falls into that but let's get started let's see we start out with sean who mm-hmm. if you recall is 47 years old from ohio of course um and he has four kids from his two previous marriages and he is with abby who is from the um, Haiti? Yep, and she's twenty. Um, and you know, Sean calls her baby a lot, and it's really bothersome because he was twenty-seven years old when she was born. Yeah, I think he infantilizes her a little bit, and I think she infantilizes herself a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and yet also kind of has an over-sexualized affect that I think yeah. is totally put on. Yeah, That's there's just, the just vibe something I get. about, yeah. So we meet her from her perspective for the first time, and she tells us that she lives with her parents and her three brothers. I feel like even her mom would be too young for Sean. <laughs> yeah, she's very young. They're yeah, she's very young looking. Um, she lives in Port-au-Prince in a very poor neighborhood, but I think Port-au-Prince in general is very poor. But I didn't think her room was that bad. I noted, like she's no, in, like, no, no. I mean, her parents' house was like they have electricity, fine. and you know, I think it's she fine. had a TV. Yeah, I don't remember. But um, but the neighborhood, I mean, just really poverty. I it's she's a very um, and I know this is gonna date me, but um, he's her Calgon. You know, she's like Calgon, take me away, and oh, a thousand. Percent. He's gonna take her. He's her savior. She's look. She's been looking for a savior, as we will find out later when we meet her ex boyfriend who is yeah. even older than Sean. Right. Um, and what's interesting to me is that her parents think that she's the one who might get played. When in this scenario, I would say that she's the one who's playing Sean. See, I actually, and forgive me for my endless optimism here, I don't think either of them's playing the other one. I don't, th- I mean, I think that they each think that this is a good idea mm-hmm. for both of them. Okay. And that maybe there's some subconscious stuff going on on both or either end, you know, kind of mm-hmm. ulterior motives. But I don't think that it's a green on, card. at the forefront of either of their minds that like, oh, I'm going to pull one over on this other person. Yeah. I really don't. Okay. I can see that actually. Versus I two. did get that vibe from her ex-boyfriend, oh God. Um, Chris, that he was, they were portraying him as a user. Yeah. And he's like... I mean, she she says that he's teaching her things. That was crazy. Like what? Like, like anal? Like, come on, girl. Seriously. That was tough. He's like 65. It's like she was trying to legitimize that relationship, but she actually dug herself deeper. Yeah, that was bad. Um, do you have anything more about Abby? Let's see. I mean, just that, again, sociopolitically, this is gross. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that to, in that same vein, that Abby is basically, and this is, this is where the ulterior motive thing comes on in and it's fair enough. And I'm going to go ahead and contradict what I just said, which is that I get a little bit of a vibe that she's hedging like between these two men. I mean, she's trying to see like, she's already, well, she will have explained, she will explain that Chris wasn't going to marry her. So she found Sean who wants to marry her. So she's kind of like, well, let's see how Sean is. And 
you know, I'm still going to keep Chris on the back burner just in case things don't work out with Sean. I'll continue to work on Chris. That's exactly the impression that I got. Yeah, Yeah. I I would agree with that. So that's the last thing I had to say. Um, So then we get to my favorite, Darcy. Who wants to sleep like a little baby in Jessie's arms. That's a direct quote. (laughs) God, I can't with her. She speaks in very sweeping, like, romantic terms. But funnily enough, as we ultimately will find out, so does he. It's like the one way that they're kind of a match. And I think that, like, I get it. Like, Jessie is probably one of... Not the most, but one of the more hated um, foreigners on the show. Definitely. Uh, or in this franchise, I guess. And I get it. I do too. But I just don't have the compassion for Darcy that I know you have. She just irritates me in such an extreme way. And I don't know what it is. There's something about her that triggers me because I cannot stand her. I think she triggers you because she's so insecure. Oh my God. She's just the worst. And it's what makes her annoying. Like I get it. Of course, objectively she's kind of annoying. No, I know. But it comes from this like sad wounded place. And that's all I see when I look at her is this like gaping wound with a very, very recessed hairline. (laughs) Essentially. Oh my god! I feel really badly for her. I felt less badly for her when she was blocking the fucking moving walkway in the airport. Oh. That makes her a monster. She is a monster. Go to the right. You have to stand on the right. PSA, people. Yeah. Oh wait, is it stand on the right or stand I think on the left? Stand on the right, move on the left. Regardless, though, you don't stand don't in the middle. But so that's, that's what matters. Is you know, people what? have to be able to get around you. And that triggers me because I take Bart to work when, exactly. I, when I go into the office. And you have the escalator. And you have the escalator, and everybody that's a knows long that if you're going to stand and just let the escalator take you upstairs. You stand on the right. You stand on the right. And if you're going to walk up the stairs or walk down the stairs, you do it on the left. Yes. And people repeatedly will stand in the middle, and I'm like... It's like getting me hot under the collar. I, I can't know. even... I don't even have to commute anymore now that I'm a stay-at-home mom, and that still is, oh, like, it irks the me worst no thing. All right. So then... So she gets in... She's, we're in the airport. She goes to the duty-free store. She goes to duty-free or, like, yeah, the Sephora-like store. I think it's duty free because a lot of times they have all the makeup and the perfume. And they have everything like samples and she goes. She samples. She goes to like freshen up (laughs) with all of their samples. That was so crazy. That reminded me of when I was like 12, you know, and my mom would let me loose in the mall for an hour on a Saturday (laughs) and I would beeline for like CVS or Sephora or whatever and just like get as many free samples on and then back off and then mm-hmm. back on, mm-hmm. you know, try as many things as I could. She totally freshened up in that place. And, oh, my God, the stilettos. I can't. They I were can't. at least six inches tall. Yeah. Like, they were pretty much the tallest Louboutins, Louboutins you can get. that I think you can get. And they were so thin, the heel part. Oh, it's such a stiletto. I mean, I totally know those shoes. And it's a broken ankle waiting to happen. Or in this case, a broken escalator. <laughs> yeah, she gets it caught in the escalator shocking. I don't know why She's she, lucky she didn't get hurt. I don't know why she didn't just wear those platform tennies that she had on, or sneakers that she had on, on the flight. Because those are also a fashion statement and not comfortable, I'm sure. But much more comfortable, much more comfortable than the yeah. stilettos. Like, yeah. who... She's so top-heavy... Not, like, physically. Well, she is physically, but, like, she's so top-heavy with all of the baggage. The bags, yes. And then to be on these little stilts. Like, it's just... She's just ridiculous. And then she gets them caught. So she essentially is, like, ruining the heel on these, like, $1,000 shoes. Yes. And it's just so stupid. And she's got the huge... I mean, 
she was making me tired. Like just watching her like try to maneuver this huge suitcase and she's on these like little teetering shoes and like getting everything together and she's like exhausted and I'm I get it. I think my favorite part was when the like Amsterdam airport security team comes to help her and they're just like taking pictures. Oh right. I mean I she's, think they and were. then she puts the spritz. Like, then she, like, spritzes herself. She spritzes herself eight times. (laughs) I'm telling you, she is an SNL skit waiting to happen. I mean, less is more. The hot mess express. Less is more, (laughs) in my opinion. Um, And, you know, you know, you know, though, and and to your point about her looking exhausted, I actually thought she kind of looked terrified. Like, she knows this is a bad idea. She knows this isn't going to work out. She is, like, totally out of her element. Like, she knows that this is, like, making it real, whereas... She can still pretend she's younger than she is. But not video, when it's right in front but of But when, when she's physically there, right. all of the little different The veneer. Is going to be so... They're going to be so obvious. Yeah. And um, I don't know. There's something about her that is not... It's just... She just looks made up and like yeah. almost on the verge of cat lady. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. she's just... It's like the lips are too big and... The makeup's too dark and the foundation's too thick. It's like I think it's a mask. I mean, I think yeah. it's a classic mask. Literally and figuratively. Unlike unlike Jesse, who enjoys working out in front of a mirror. Yeah. So we go flashback twenty four hours earlier and we meet Jesse in the Netherlands and um, who's quote very dominant after two years in the military. Yeah, and he tries. Which, by the way, what was the Dutch military doing out in the world in those two years? I'm just curious. I would, were they involved in any know. active skirmishes? Have they been in, ever? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they've not, but I'm pretty sure he did get. I mean, it's like any military. You get like you get dis- training, the discipline, yeah. and and he is very disciplined. He's now a personal trader, which makes sense, and he is in perfect shape, as we know from his like spread eagle underwear pics. Thanks for those. Yeah, the, the thing that I can't handle with is like vain guys. Because I don't think I'm a very vain girl. You're definitely not vain. But I, being with a guy or like that is more into their looks than I would be is annoying to me. I feel like a lot of times, though, vain guys end up with vain girls. Oh, they have to. And then the vain girls still take longer in the bathroom than the guy does. So ultimately, like proportionally, it works out. Yeah. And like I cannot handle guys that look at themselves in the mirror when they're working out. Yes. And they try to pass it off like, oh, but I need to see how I'm holding the the weight and I, I need to be able to... No. no. That is not why you're doing it. And I will tell you, so when I lived in LA, I used to go to LA Fit... Was it LA Fitness? I don't know. It was one of those LA... Um, well, I used to go places. to NJ Fitness. Yeah. <laughs> not really. <laughs> There's no such so thing. Were, I feel like it was less of a huge chain. But anyway, in Encino, and when I lived there... And and you met Encino Man? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I actually I ran on the treadmill one day next to Edward James Elmos. He runs? Yeah. He, well, he back then, like twenty years ago. <laughs> I have to say, and I, this is kind of apropos of nothing, but in terms of Encino Man, I am such a '90s Ben Fraser yeah. fan. I mean, there's like no cuter guy to me than he, it's the voice too. The voice, and then I like how he has this sort, especially like in Blast from the Past. Mm-hmm. I really like because he has that kind of all American, you know, look yeah. to him. I don't know why I bring that up. I hear you. Did you see him at LA Fitness? I did not see him in LA Fitness. Tell him I said hi. But I'll tell you who I did see there often and looking at himself 
in the mirror repeatedly. Joey Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I used... What was his tagline in Blossom? Remember he had like a tagline? No, but I just remember being like, oh, or... Yeah, it was something like was that. It like that? I don't even know. Damn, that's going to bug me. Please write in, guys. Oh, oh, but interesting. Six degrees of separation. I went to college with Maya Bialik. No. <laughs> she was at UCLA. Yeah, she's super smart. Oh, yeah. Seems she's like it. She has like, like a PhD or something. PhD in neurobiology or neuroscience or something. Although I'm not a fan of her like motherhood techniques. She's... Not in the sense that I don't think it's okay for her. Just I don't. That's not how I how I roll. So one little thing is we, I used to work for the, uh, I, when I was in, when I was at UCLA, I was interning, part of my psychology program was interning at the infant development program there. Oh, that's so And cute. so we'd go around with the little kids and we'd take them around campus, you know, and just on little walks and stuff. And one time we were over by the science and math area. Um, and she was out with a friend, she was talking hmm. to a friend out there, but she was talking really loudly and cursing a oh. lot. And I just felt like it was so... She could see all the kids right there. I mean, these are, like, oh. little, like, one to three years old. And she was just, like, so obnoxious about whatever she was talking about or lecturing about or discussing with this other person that it just, like, left such a bad taste in my mouth. So when she came out as, like, Mother Earth, you yeah, were probably like, like hmm. please, sister. Well, we all, it we all acted the fool in college. Anyway, the whole point of that whole thing was that Jory Lawrence would just stare at himself in the mirror every time he'd work out. He'd either be running and stare at himself or, like, posing and, like, oh, I just, it just irritated me to no end. Anyway. Look, the truth is I like looking at myself sometimes in the mirror. Not necessarily when I'm working out, but, like, I'll check my outfit before I leave or whatever. Well, but that's different. But I, ne- I, I, I would always feel, I would definitely feel too, essentially too vain if I were to do that in front of somebody else kind of a thing. Like, was, I would not sit and stare at myself in a mirror in public. I'll put it that no, way. it just was weird. And it bothered me. I don't know why. It, it, well, clearly, I'm triggered. And here, Jesse says he's not a superficial male, but he is, his apartment, which is bathed in pink light as his robe is, like, open down to his waist, would say otherwise. Yeah. Everything about him screams, I am totally superficial. His hair is very coiffed. I'll give yeah. you that. He, I mean, he's good looking, but he just tries so hard. <laughs> I love this. Speaking of trying hard, he's explaining how he, like, prepared for Darcy's arrival, and that in, in doing so, he bought pink toilet paper, and his explanation was... I don't know. I don't know how much she uses. <laughs> First of all. But it's a thing. It is a thing. It's I, not a thing. Oh, my God. My husband talks about it all the time. What? How much toilet paper women use as no. opposed to men. Yeah. He's like. I had no idea. I've literally never heard someone say oh, that. Oh, yeah. He, I mean. Oh, that explains it. I have heard it. that before. And I do believe he has a point i think women use a lot more toilet paper that's because we use it when we pee that too but i think it's also like the amount like i know for myself i use a lot of toilet paper hmm. but how would you know like comparatively okay because so my daughter when my daughters were getting potty trained they tell them to use two squares Oh. I would never use two squares. Like, I wrap it around my hand. No, no, I don't use two squares. <laughs> like, Who, I, what kind of monster uses two squares? Exactly. That's unsanitary. So, well, that's, well, they wash their hands, too. I know, but... but like, I'm, it's just... Yeah, it's I there feel for like a reason. We definitely use more toilet paper. I mean, I, I admittedly use a lot more than, problem, than my husband. Um, but you don't use pink toilet paper. No. That's not a thing. If anything, I'd use Trump toilet paper. And then, and then he says he's concerned that the smell won't be right. 
Now, the fact that he talked about this right after discussing the toilet paper is, is odd. bad timing. But I think he was just, he was talking about pheromones or whatever. And know. now that she's covered herself in whatever mist. juicy couture <laughs> mist or whatever that was, I, the smell probably won't be right. So, he's going to go on a bro night and there are man buns. You forgot about the what? panty shelf. Oh, God. How could I forget about the panty shelf? So, he's cleaning out his closet and um, if any of you guys are watching the current season of uh, 90 Day Fiance Season 6, he is basically the opposite of Jonathan, of Jonathan and Fernanda, <laughs> because he is, cl- he has cleaned his little shoebox apartment, and he has made sure to clean out a whole entire drawer for um, Darcy so that she could put her panties there. No, it's not a drawer. It's like, it's just like a section oh, on a yeah, shelf. Oh, a section of a shelf. Like because, a freestanding, because he lives in like an efficiency apartment. But I'm pretty sure Darcy's not going to find anybody else's underwear there. I agree with that. I'll also note, and this this is where I start getting concerned about him and his intentions, he essentially makes it clear that he didn't, he knows he didn't make enough room for her stuff. Like he's yeah. saying some, you know, she was supposed to only pack X amount and I know she packed Y amount mm-hmm. and some of it's going to have to stay in the suitcase. And I was like, it just came off as very controlling to me. It does come off as controlling, but it also comes off as annoying. I mean, his apartment is genuinely tiny, so fair It enough. is genuinely tiny. He did warn her to not pack well, but so not it's like you're purposefully it. not going to make room. That's just, that's, yeah. you have to, you have to. You have to have hospitality, you know, and I'm, I was raised kind of strictly in terms of this as a hostess, that no matter how annoying your guest is and how like ridiculous their demands are, I consider hosting to be kind of a fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me kind of a thing where I'll do anything for a guest. I'll bend over backwards for a guest. And then if I don't like how they kind of took advantage of my hospitality, I just won't invite them back. Mm-hmm. But here it's like he is kind of knowingly making her uncomfortable. Because he knows she's going to come with like a ridiculous amount of stuff. But then he shouldn't have invited her, nope. you know? And then he shouldn't be with her. Anyway, I feel strongly about this. I, I can tell. Um, so anyway, bro night. Bro night. Man buns everywhere. Um, I don't know. These people... I First I thought they didn't really know him. But now <laughs> I think they really just don't like him. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell. I yeah. couldn't tell who these guys were or what connection yeah, they had. Yeah, it was very odd. It was and, pretty staged. And he says, you know, he reminds us again, he's not superficial. But then he talks about how Darcy has... <coughs> oh my goodness, Bless you. excuse me. A nice face, a nice body, nice boobs. I mean, come on. Which is interesting because he actually doesn't generally speak like that. He doesn't he speak doesn't. in an objectifying sort of way. He's sort of like ostentatiously conservative in the way I think he talks about women and sort of being respectful of women and I I do think that and this comes more in the future but I think his actions kind of belie that claim Mm -hmm. Um, but what I liked was that his friends were just straight up laughing at him Mm -hmm. just as a general matter they're concerned he's going to get her pregnant just in this like six week six week period which is weird because these aren't like 20 year old men you know these are I mean, I guess he's 24, yeah. is it? But he should know by now, like, the basics of this, right? So no, I know, but they're just like, whatever you do. Well, maybe yeah. they're thinking in terms of, like, that he wants to, like, solidify his spot in the U.S. <laughs> and so he'll do maybe anything there's to underlying... get there. But they're like, dude, you don't want to do that. And they very clearly believe that he would be a terrible father, which is very ironic considering that Darcy has two daughters. She does, and their daughters who were teenagers, and then he's oh, so close to an age. Just awkward. And then finally on him, um, 
he's sort of saying that he considers this, even though he knows that she basically expects a ring on this trip, mm-hmm. he considers it more of a trial period. Yeah. So they which, definitely have mismatched. As he should, which is reasonable. But my favorite thing was that kind of no matter what happens, even if, sort of, if it goes south, that he'll make sure she gets home no matter what. <laughs> like wow so you're not gonna like push her out of the side of an uber into one of the many canals running through town like what a gentleman i know he's like i i'll get i'll get her home that was just that was such a strange comment like as if there was an alternative yeah um and yes now we can move on to paul the sweaty mess paul and franey so paul arrives in manaus brazil he's so nervous he's nervous and gross and he's like a cartoon with all of that freaking luggage it's rid- and, they, and they just keep showing it. And it's, it's actually not boring, even though it kind of should be because it's so repetitive. Because it's just like, honestly, I think it strikes a chord in all of us. You know, nobody likes humping their luggage around, especially if it's a long trip with a lot yeah. of stuff. And, and he's got venom, in- venom extractor. Does he really? I missed that one. He's just... Ugh, anyway. He's a, he's a very old 34. Like, he's almost like a... Like a, like 50, a 45-year-old. Or like a 55-year-old. And, you know, I take issue with him because he didn't even learn how to say boat dock. You're going to a fucking boat. You're going to be taking a river boat from the boat dock to this little town where your maybe fiancé lives. Even just saying boat, I think, would have given the cabbie, like... you, like... He was, like, trying to tell the cab driver... He tells the cab driver accidentally that he's that he loves him yeah he says i love you which given his like head to toe mosquito outfit is made all the more i just don't understand how you can go to another country and know that it's super rural where you're going to the point where you have to take a riverboat to get to the town because you can't drive there and you wouldn't learn how to say boat dock or have like a more reliable translator, you know, whether it would, whether it be a little machine or even just a Portuguese English dictionary. And I'm gonna say it again: if you are an anxious, paranoid hypochondriac, don't go to the Amazon. Yeah, and I have Pick to say this. Pick a different country. And I know you and I kind of disagree about this, but I am now 31. I was once 21. I lived in England, actually, I think the year, yeah, I remember now, the year I turned 21, I happened to be living in the UK, where, of course, they speak English, but the point is, I was traveling all over the place. I don't understand, I shouldn't say I don't understand, I was a little bit puzzled as to why Karini wouldn't at least come and meet him in Manaus. Like, it is, he is so far out of his comfort zone, as you're pointing out, he Mm -hmm. doesn't speak the language. The Amazon is this, like, very difficult to navigate place, I think, regardless of whether you speak the language. She, you know, he is a nervous guy. She's 21. She's not 18. Like, I, you know, it's her country. It's her home turf. I thought it was a little weird that she wouldn't, like, do him a solid and, like, meet him in a normal hotel, you know, where maybe there would be someone, like, the maitre d' or, sorry, the concierge or someone speaking English, you know, instead of pulling him so far into her orbit. I just don't think she's sophisticated enough to be perfectly honest with you to make it to Manaus I mean he says that she travels regularly on that boat and it's like in theory she's going to Manaus sometimes on the boat maybe I yeah. mean, where else would she go I don't know she seems very sheltered and very very sheltered not only on her own but like by her family and I get the impression that I mean especially as we hear later on 
like the impression that they have about hotels in general. That's true. Like that You're maybe right. they kind of feel like uh, she shouldn't be going anywhere to meet this random guy that they don't know. No, and I understand, but again, she's twenty one, and that's why I, I know, made. But she still the lives comparison. with her family. And by the way, she also has like an obsession for stuffed animals. I know, but if she's that immature, then, you know, he shouldn't be going all the way there to see her either. In a I way, mean, there right? are so many things. I'm just saying, like, all that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Okay. I can, I hear you. I just, this Paul guy just drives me Especially crazy. when that unruly-ass dog started sniffing around for his cough drop. I can't believe he is surprised that the police were going to go through everything. And he looked so guilty. Of course. No. Which go he ahead, wasn't, really. There was nothing take, in there. Go ahead and take your four-storage locker. Full of, like, chips and stuff. I know. Go when they ahead. opened it and I saw what was in there, I was like, really? Was that worth it? He's like, I was put through the ringer. Oh, you sheltered fool. You are not, that's not put through the ringer. He did look, like, wildly uncomfortable when he, oh, he was. ultimately was shown to his room and, like, hung the mosquito net. And I, I felt really sorry for him. He looked, like, alone and scared. Although we have to remember, he does, he is, in fact, traveling with a pretty deep bench. I mean, there's yeah. at least one cameraman. There's got to be some kind of producer or something, right? Yeah. So he's not actually alone. We have mm. to remember. Not to break the fourth wall or anything. Yeah, but no, he's not. And But he looks like he's in like a TB wing <laughs> under the net. <laughs> We've you know? got the mosquito net. Containment. <laughs> oh my God, I can't with Quarantine. Him. He's like too much. It's like... But I felt sorry for him. That's my point. It's I true. did. I did. Guilty. I would have felt a little bit sorrier for him if he at least knew the language. Come on, he's going to learn to speak Portuguese fluently it, without having even, a single person other than her to talk to him Not for me. even fluently. Yeah. My husband went to Portugal with me. And oh, really? And he spoke the language? No, he doesn't speak Portuguese. But he went to Portugal with me when my daughter was three months old because we went to go see my parents. And he, like for three months beforehand, he listened to like CDs of like Rosetta Stone kind of well it wasn't Rosetta Stone because Rosetta Stone is totally like racist and they only do Brazilian Portuguese they don't do like continental Portuguese which is super annoying if you're out there listening Rosetta Stone (laughs) you should come up with a Portuguese one but anyways (laughs) I digress so he was actually listening to it so when he got there he didn't really I think he felt a little insecure to speak it because he was like it's I always like kind of embarrassing but at least yeah. he could understand things and if he ever okay. was in a pinch he could say certain things but like and I and, and I appreciated that he tried I hear you but like this guy's like and also my husband took Spanish your husband's time, also so very 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 smart no I know but still it just ugh this guy anyway all right I'm done with him me too all right, so now we go to Sean and Abby, and Abby, who like brought her friend to the airport as a buffer because <laughs> she was nervous. Well, I would be too. I thought that made sense. I mean, it's honestly probably what I would have done. But you know what, though, I mean, having seen some more like airport reunions recently, um, on like different yeah, renditions ninety and day shit, and stuff. I thought this was actually really sweet. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't. I can't give it to you. My problem with it was the way he was looking at her. Yeah. His eyes were sort of, they were so wide. He kind of looked like a zombie and he was going to like eat her brain. Like that, that was just, I got this very like run kind of Well, he is a little extreme. Like a little intense. so, oh, extremely intense. Like I'm just like pump the brakes, man. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like he's so like, you are my life. 
Which was so weird. When he, he just says, meets her. When he just, like, sees her for the first time in yeah. person. And he says it's like, the best Hi. moment of his life. Yeah, he's it's like, like, you have children. <laughs> what about the day they were born? Like, instead of being like, hey, how are you? Oh, my God, I missed you. It's, you are my life. Like, it was a little so much. Sad. And then I thought she was kind of working him a little bit. Like, she was kind of holding on to him. And I, I think she was pretending to cry. I don't think she was mm. really crying. Okay. And it, and I could be wrong, and you know, but if I'm not, and she was pretending to cry, then that's that's mm-hmm. pretty manipulative. Yeah. And okay. then to, similarly, she says, "Let's go home," which is again kind of a manipulative thing to say well, because you're not going home. They're going to an Airbnb. You're going to an Airbnb. He's not in his country. Mm-hmm. He's not going to his home. He's not even going to your home. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like a let's play house mm-hmm. kind of invitation. That's um, true. And he he eats it up. He eats it up. Um, so then we are. But but wait, you think it was legit? You think they had like I just this warm it was a reunion? Very cute reunion, like I or thought not it was reunion or reunion. meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was cute because she was like nervous, and then she sees him and like immediately hugs him, and they like embrace for like a couple seconds. Yeah, you're right. If like, it was sincere, it, it was seemed, very. Cute. It just seemed very sincere, and it seemed like, oh, this is really sweet. Like they actually like each other. Well, you're the cynical one, so if you think it was legit, then I'm sure it was, and I should like cool I my jets. I'm, I'm like surprised. Sorry, guys. So speaking of cynical, we get to Darcy and Jesse, yep. and um, you know, he, <laughs> I think he says appearance is obviously very important. And then he said, "I loved how she looked." Right. It so was like something you don't say. You're not doing a good say. job of impressing me, of convincing me you're not superficial. Oh my gosh. And this is where I have to remind you. What? <laughs> that he has a sign. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> to welcome to Dar- It's a welcoming sign for Darcy. Which is theoretically a kind gesture. Very kind gesture. But it has a picture of him, him wearing exactly what he's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when you stand in a room with like a mirror in front of you and a mirror behind you, and it's like this infinite reflection. Oh my god! I was like, why do you have a picture of? Well, a why do you even have a picture of yourself on a welcome sign when you're holding the one holding it? Yeah, and then it's like it's almost like he like only wears that outfit because it's like an exclusive picture of him in that outfit. I don't know if I'm right about this particular scene, but at some point I think he's wearing a coat. From her fashion line. Oh, I'm sure. So it might have been that one, which would actually kind of explain it. Like, if it was a picture of him with that coat on, it could have sort of been, like, a promotional thing. Maybe, but it's just so weird. And speaking of fashion, she tells him that her $1,000 shoes are ruined. His response? Okay, cool. (laughs) That was what I got from it. I'm sure in his head, he's probably thinking what I was, but, like... Why would you wear $1,000 shoes in the well, fucking airport? And maybe they cut it. Like, maybe maybe it was editing. But it looked to me like that was his response, which would have been incredibly awkward yeah. if, if that's really what happened. And then he also says he that she has nervous energy and he hopes she settles down. So he's, like, talking about her like she's a Pekingese. Well, she does have nervous energy. She well, isn't. she's fucking nervous. I think anybody would be nervous in that situation. You know, again, I'm just totally... I'm losing credibility by the minute here. No, no, you're Team Darcy, and I'm trying. I I don't want to be Team Jesse because I don't like you. You're just Team Anti Darcy. I am. I'm just like not Team Darcy. And they're already bickering, by the way. Of course they are. And this is something that really bothers me. Okay, and of course we've discussed how when they meet, we've discussed on 90 Day, our 90 Day episodes, about how it's irritating that 
they meet, those couples who are already engaged and like have gone through the K-1 process or whatever, they've only most of the time had kind of vacation mode together. Mm -hmm. But here, it's like this is that vacation mode in theory, right? And yet they're fighting at the airport, you know, about how much luggage she has. I'm like, Jesus Christ, if this is vacation mode, what's it going to look like if you actually end up together? It's going to look like a horrible train wreck. Yeah. So I just wanted to note that. Yeah. Um, okay. So are you done with these guys? I am done. So I think next, I don't have very much on it's this It's just, there's such just an like ick factor Sean to Sean. And Abby, and she talks about creepy Chris. Yeah, um, she's, yeah. And tells him he doesn't have anything to worry about, which, why would you bring that up right now? I thought it was funny that when she tells him he's good looking, she's like laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then she says... We'll see how sweaty you get tonight. Ew. She's commenting on his... And I'm like, this no. Totally, total sexual... Um, like, he's being, like, overly romantic with his, like, you are my life. You're the light of my... You're the yeah. love of my life. You Like, all of these, like, over-the-top romantic... Uh, really non-sexual. Phrases. Very non-sexual. And then she counters with these, like, let's go to bed. You and know, she's like, kind of touchy-feely, too. Very touchy-feely. And it's clearly, like, her... And, and she's so young. It just makes me a little bit concerned that, like, this... She's either been abused or, like, this is her sort of... She's been, in a way, taught that that's how to show affection is, like, through sex. Well, she does say that she wants to make sure he enjoys the time with her and, quote, has no regrets. Right. That was tough. I mean, she was talking about herself like a used car. Yeah. Well, because I'm sure Creepy Chris has made her feel that way. I, that's my concern. And mm-hmm. when, you, when you were talking about that, that my, my worry is that she's been taken in by this, like, old white guy, you know, who mm-hmm. was using her. And now she doesn't even... Let's assume for the sake of argument, Sean is a good guy. She doesn't even know what to do with him. Yeah. You know? He's just trying to tell her, like, all these niceties and everything. And yeah. she's just like, okay, let's go to bed. Right. Because yeah. it's like she thinks that's what he wants. I mean, that that's how it comes off. So I have weird. to agree with you. All and right. then they show Haiti, and they're they're doing oh dirty. Gosh. They're doing Haiti dirty here. I mean, I understand this was like post. What was that? Earthquake. There was an it earthquake was an earthquake. There, wasn't there? I was trying to name it. I was about to say Katrina, but <laughs> no. that's definitely not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had the the truly horrible situation occur, and they're showing it. I mean, he says. I think Sean says that it's like a war zone. Yeah, it, I'm sure. It's, Which is sad. It is very sad. sad, and it goes back to her whole like somebody save me. Um, right. Uh, and then we go to Paul and Karina. No, no, no. Oh, no, You missed, more? like, the most important thing. Oh, no. Which one? What part? So they're, they're talking about Chris. Like, they're, they're, they're kind of... It looks like they're both kind of aware of something fishy is going on. And uh-huh. that, you know, he's missing... Sean is missing some information. And then they go to the testimonial with her where she says Chris's name instead of Sean's. Oh, was that in this episode? That was in this one. That was in this segment. And she immediately knows that she just fucked fucked up. up. She looks stricken. She looks like she's standing on the gallows. Like, she looks so upset with herself. But that is why I think that there's, like, there's more going, there's more there there. Like, she keeps trying to tell Sean that he's a thing of the Chris is a thing of the past. She has nothing to worry about. Yeah. But her reaction to saying Chris instead of Sean during that confessional so is, makes it so obvious that it's not a thing of the past. Right. Because, and that she's hiding something. Right. I mean, that's at least how she reacts. She acts guilty. 
If she had just had the slip of the tongue and moved on, I don't think anybody would have. It would have been like a nobody would have noticed thing. Maybe it would have added to like the general atmosphere of what's really going on here with this guy. But it wouldn't have been this. For yeah, like, she would have oh. laughed and just been like, "Oh no, <laughs> you know what I meant." It would have been. Sean. Then nobody would have even thought about it. But no, it was it was bad. And now I'm ready to move on. Okay, so now we're at Paul and Creamy, and Paul is uh, in a hammock. No, I don't think he's in a hammock. They just show the hammocks. They just show the hammocks, which looks really comfortable. I wish they had them in the fairies here. Yeah. He talks about the secret in his past. And this is where TLC annoys me because they like to give you so many like teasers for the same thing. That by the time the actual real thing drops, you're like almost sick of it already. And it's, it's not as big as it is made out to be. And it's not as big as it's made out to be. But, yeah. um, um, Paul, is. this is another thing that makes him look like an old man. He wears old man black sneakers. Well, it's kind of like Colt, except Colt wears old man white sneakers. Right, but these are like old man black. They're not even like sneakers. They're like shoes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Maybe you're right. Maybe he's wearing loafers. It's almost no. It's not a loafer. It's not a loafer. It's almost like a the you know those like old man black like leather sneakers sort of. It's Hmm. just I, I the whole thing the whole time I'm watching him I'm picturing my grandfather. I gotta look more carefully. Or my favorite thing is um, the older gentleman's shoes that are this very distinctive like flesh color. I call them I call them bone shoes, and I like to say that they're the last pair of shoes you'll ever wear. <laughs> you got okay, one foot in the grave. Like, it's like those shoes, but black. but black. That's what I figured you meant. Okay, good. Old man shoes. They're terrible. I'm like, oh. And they did him dirty, like, watching him run from behind. Oh. And his pants are, like, falling down for yes. some reason. He j- it, it, they're ill-fitting. He, like, engages his mosquito hood with a big weight <laughs> for Karini, who may be a catfish when 45 minutes later she's not there. Oh. Which is honestly messed up. This guy has been through... I think he said he was on that boat for 32 hours, to say nothing of the plane journey, like, the multiple, like, plane journey. And this woman can't like be there waiting for him when he gets to ton and teens which by the way he had a hard time reading <laughs> on the port sign which is like you didn't even know what, what where your ticket was gonna yeah. take you like that's not just not See, speaking the like language every time i want to feel sorry for him but i like, still feel sorry it's like one step forward ten steps back but it's sad it's like, i felt it's sorry it's like not functioning in the world you know no, at a level not. that is necessary Clearly. I mean, we already knew that. I mean, the guy keeps his mother's hair in his backpack. It is very... There's a lot of parallels to Colt on 90 Day between Colt and Paul. Although I I, I almost... And maybe the, my attitude will change. But I, I believe that Colt is worse. I think... Um, I think Colt and his mom have a more... Troubling relationship. Kind of more troubling, especially as it pertains to bringing in a new woman to the house. Like, I don't think Paul's mm. mother, assuming for the sake of argument that he and Karini someday moved back to Louisville and moved in with his mom and dad, I don't think that they would have the kinds of issues right. that, um, what's her name, Larissa would have moving into Colt's yeah, mom's I mean, house, where she's so, the mom is so kind of dependent on him, apparently. And, and I also see Paul as struggling with, like, mental health issues like he's anxious he's paranoid he's he seems hypochondriac a little, yeah I, I i he seems a little bit less like i said able to function right whereas i feel like colt is like purely functional but 
his environment has made him like this codependent creeper. Or and as I've said to you when we've broken down ninety day, I don't know that Colt is relying on his mother at all. No, so maybe it could even, be that she's no just relying on him. At all. Well, no, but maybe he just feels bad for her, yeah. and he wants to take yeah, care of her. Doesn't take care of the creep factor and those cats. Oh God, I can't. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks. all right, cookie dough. <laughs> Thanks for uh, thanks for for uh, for listening, baby girl. Yeah, to this archive episode, and um, once we publish this one, we'll have four total episodes up. So please tell your friends and um, keep a lookout for our next venture into Ninety Day Fiance. Sounds good. All right, bye. Bye. Legal disclaimer: This is a personal podcast, just for fun solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.